Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. Today, I'm responding to an email from a mom who's concerned that her three-year-old seems to have entered a stage of constant frustration and anxiety. It's a stressful situation for both of them. And the mom has a theory about what might have brought this on with her daughter and is looking for ways to help them both cope in a healthy way. Before I begin, I want to remind everyone that both of my books are available on audio at audible.com. That's No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. They're also in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. Okay, here's the letter I received. Hi, Janet. My daughter just turned three. She has always been full of passion and drive, but lately it has turned into near-constant frustration. I know that this is age-appropriate to an extent, but it has begun to control our days and leave me having a hard time being compassionate. I always make sure to acknowledge her feelings and be present with her while she feels them, but they are always accompanied by screaming, crying, and whining, which is hard to listen to so very often. The bigger issue, though is that I am becoming increasingly concerned about her ability to deal with frustration in a healthy way. Her reactions are escalating in both frequency and intensity, with triggers from, I drop my raisin, to, I don't want you to stop peeing, mommy. I have a hard time knowing what to do, and I feel guilt both about this and about the fact that she saw me dealing with undiagnosed, postpartum anxiety disorder for the first 18 months of her life. I worry that I modeled this behavior for her, that she has her own anxiety issues, and that my compassion has begun to turn into frustration. How can I help her cope with her frustration in a way that is healthy for both of us? Please help. Okay, what this brings up for me is a dynamic that I find fascinating. Actually, it's sort of the secret, one of my consulting secrets. When a parent has a concern, a concern that brings them to wanting to ask me a question or consulting with me, there's one thing that I know for sure off the bat. Well, almost for sure. There's nothing, nothing's for sure <laughs> between parents and children and the dynamics that go on. But I can be pretty sure that the child is aware of the parent's concern. The bigger the concern, the more likely the child is aware of it. Now, the child isn't aware of every detail of why the parent's concerned and the specifics, but the child is picking up the parent's discomfort, fear, anxiety around this issue. So then what commonly happens is that a one-time action or behavior that's maybe just impulsive or maybe a part of the child's temperament I'll go into that in a sec. Um, the child feels the parent's concern around that, and then it develops into an issue or, um, you know, a problem because the child is feeling my parent isn't on top of this. My parent doesn't trust him or herself or me in this situation. And that's what the child needs to be able to be free and easy and be a kid. They just, they need parents to be doing their job. So in this case, 
first of all, yes, she's correct in that it is very uh, age appropriate and normal for children to, to express frustration, huge frustration over the smallest things. Because other issues get touched off with these small frustrations and disappointments. And in this case, one of the other issues that may be a theme here that's coming up for this child is her discomfort around her mother's anxiety in those first 18 months. So that's just another reason why her child has a, seems to have a very low frustration tolerance. Children are self-healing geniuses. <laughs> And they know, their body knows how to express the feelings that are in there. So it's actually a very healthy process that she's doing this. It's a very healthy process for this child to be releasing some of these feelings that could very likely be around those first months, discomfort around that, the mother's feelings then. And she's, she's getting them out of her body. So that's very, very healthy. And then the mother says, but it has begun to control our days and leave me having a hard time being compassionate. The only way that someone else's feelings can control our day is if we are taking them on as our responsibility to work through and make better, rather than what I talk about all the time in this podcast and in my uh, posts, rather than just letting them be, just accepting that those are her feelings that they are not our responsibility to, to even be compassionate about. I mean, our children are going to have lots of responses that don't make any sense to us, and we're not going to be able to be compassionate when she's upset about dropping her raisin. We can't be compassionate about that. And there's no need to be. In fact, it doesn't help children if they feel like we're so involved in their feelings that we've got to we've got to help you. This is, this is, a, you know, that's sort of confirming for the child. This is a tragedy. Like I need to be compassionate. Oh yes. Instead of like, wow, you really didn't like that, that that happened. Speaking to her strength and her right to express to the full extent she wants to express, not trying to make it better, not trying to get her through this to feel better. Again, the, the message children get when we try to do that is, is actually the opposite of what we want them to, to get. We want them to get, yes, you know, it's okay to express your feelings. Okay, get it out of your body. Now stop. But actually they're getting, wow, this is like not really a completely safe thing for me to do, that my mother has to work so hard and she seems concerned and she's trying to be compassionate and trying to help me through this feeling. This isn't just an, a, a natural down in my day that I need to express. It's, it's a problem that she's trying to, to work me through. That will not help our kids have a healthy approach to these feelings that are natural, normal, and you know part of life, especially in these early years. So then the mother says that I always make sure to acknowledge her feelings and be present with her while she feels them. You know, again, there may be acknowledge feelings. Yes, really important. Acknowledge and accept. Be present when you can, but it's not the end of the world or, you know, at all a problem if you need to go do something and you're still expressing and acknowledging. Yeah, you you still upset about that raisin. I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to come back and check on you in a little bit. Comfortable with this. Comfortable with these overreactions. 
again, knowing that whatever comes out of that is healthy for her. An accepting attitude is a passive attitude to the feelings. It's not trying to do something about them and trying to help her through them and be present. And I'm working so hard acknowledging her feelings. Acknowledging feelings shouldn't be work. It should just be a respectful interchange between us and our child. Yes, yes, I see. You're, this is what you're feeling. And, and that's okay with me. You know, that's what we're saying by acknowledging. You know, you want me to, to uh, not stop peeing. You know, that's, that's how you're feeling about this. It's not my job to change that in any way. So that's one thing I'm seeing here is that this mom is taking on a lot of responsibility around her child's feelings when the opposite would be better to let your child express them to the hilt as much as she needs to and not get involved, you know, and our involvement can, again, as I was saying earlier, you know, our involvement, because it sends a message to the child, tends to make these things last longer and make them happen more because now it's this child starting to feel like I have a problem with going to these places in myself and this is a problem and and you know that makes it a frightening place to go instead of a normal place to go so then she says they're always accompanied by screaming crying and whining yes all par for the course <laughs> and as children get older it's also you know accompanied by get away i don't like you you know and words so it sounds like we're not necessarily getting those yet, but we're getting the whining and screaming and crying. Yes, all the way feelings are expressed, all different ways, healthy ways that feelings are expressed at this age. Doesn't mean she's going to be a whiner as she gets older. It just means this is, uh, you know, a healthy expression of feelings for somebody without mature self-regulation. That's where three-year-olds are at, which is hard to listen to so very often, the mother comments. And then she says, the bigger issue is that I'm becoming increasingly concerned about her ability to deal with frustration in a healthy way. So this is being felt by her child, this concern, and it's coming through in these situations when this mother feels like she should be compassionate and instead it's really bothering her. Yikes. This is a big problem here. This is a big concern. I've created something and I've done something wrong and I'm a terrible mother. You know, all these places we might go. This combined with the responsibility that she's taken on around the feelings is what's making this into a constant issue instead of just a healthy release that a child is going to have about a lot of things. You know, in this case, it may be about the anxiety in those early months or other things too. You know, there's a lot of reasons that children have residual feelings to discharge. Couldn't be more healthy. But if I'm concerned about you, the child is going to feel, again, that these are dangerous places, that my mother can't handle this, she can't handle me, she can't do her job letting me be the wobbly one in this relationship. She's wobbling. She's wobbling there with me. She's ruffled. You know, so I'm, <laughs> I mean, the kind of somewhat amusing thing that children do, and I'm, I'm not laughing at this parent's concerns at all, not one single bit, but just this perspective on children that I have, I would love this mother to kind of try to embrace. Look what she's doing. She's, you know, <laughs> giving crazier and crazier um, reasons why she's upset, you know, again, this isn't logical in her mind, but it's it's like this impulse to get that calm, comfortable parent leader response that I need. 
okay, you weren't sure about the raisin. <laughs> you couldn't let me just, you know, have a whole tantrum about the raisin. Let me try something easier <laughs> for you to uh, to see as ridiculous in, in the sense that it's it's so obvious that I'm I'm pushing you to, to just do your job. Stop peeing. Don't stop peeing. Don't stop peeing. <laughs> you know, I mean, the next thing might be jump over the moon right now. Come on, just just see what I'm asking for here. I'm asking for you to be okay with my ridiculousness, not feel worried about it, not feel responsible for it, and just to have a calm response, like with this peeing thing. Um, wow, you really, you, you, you wanted me to keep peeing when I was done. Wow, yeah. And then hope that your child will melt down there because that's the part that she needs to share with you that's, that's getting funneled into all these ridiculous requests and uh, concerns and overreactions. So then she says, I've uh, had a hard time knowing what to do. Yes, and I, and I know that her child is feeling that. My mother doesn't know what to do in these situations, and that makes it really uncomfortable for me. And I have to keep doing it. So maybe you're going to know what to do if I say, don't stop peeing. <laughs> There's one that, you, that might be really clear for you. I don't know. Children just crack me up this way. And then she says, I feel guilt both about this and about the fact that she saw me dealing with undiagnosed postpartum anxiety disorder. That is so hard and uncomfortable for you. Um, and I'm worried that she modeled this behavior for her and that she has her own anxiety issues. I see what she's doing as typical behavior. Obviously, if you continue to be worried about her having issues, then you know you could seek the advice of a, a mental health professional in that. But these are behaviors I recognize and that make sense to me in terms of, you know, that she does need to discharge some of this fear around those 18 months of her life. And not that you should feel guilty about it. You should feel, well, I can't tell you what you should feel, but I would like you to feel empowered to help her heal this. Children are, like I said, self-healing geniuses. She's showing you that she's healing this. But it seems like you're having a hard time letting her and trusting this process. Children are brilliant at this. They know what they're doing. But if we take that, you know, process into making ourselves feel guilty and painting a negative picture around it, then she can't heal. She can't heal. She's going to feel more and more uncomfortable. So this dynamic can change right away with a different perspective, with a real and true and healthy perspective. So much of my you know, time consulting with parents is assuring them that it's difficult behavior so that they can get that perspective on it and feel good about approaching it as a leader. Our kids need us to be solid, you know, and she's telling you again and again that she believes you can do this and she's trying just to get you to see what a little girl she is with all these overwhelming feelings and, and requests. <laughs> so I really hope this helps. Again, you know, if you need to consult a professional, hopefully you have talked to someone about yourself or are maybe still in therapy with somebody. I think you can heal this. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this. <laughs>